we'll get there in a minute. After a few introductory thoughts and comments, we as God's creatures, great, small, and large, whatever, are all debtors. That What I mean by that is we all owe God. We all owe to Him. That's what I want to talk to us tonight about, being debtors, debtors to God. In Acts chapter 17, it says uh, when uh, Paul was speaking, when he was uh, preaching the gospel, uh, he said, he makes this comment, and this is all, this was part of the gospel, part of the message that he was speaking to um, those who were, uh, I guess this was in Athens, but he said specifically in um, verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own prophets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now Paul was preaching the gospel and he put he added that in there, or he didn't add anything to the gospel. That was part of his, his uh, the preaching that he was saying is that we are... We live, move, and have our being as his creatures, as his as created beings. So we're indebted to him simply from that. But as regards to the believer, as regards to the believer, the law, we were indebted to that. We were born in sin, trespasses and sins. We were indebted to God, to the law. We were in debt to it. But as regards to the law, we... Uh, all come short of the glory of God. Every person is born in sin, we come short of the glory of God. Thusly, we are all debtors to the law. But oh, the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ satisfied that debt. He paid it all in full. We don't run back to the law for our rule of life. We don't run back to the law and, and, and behold its threatenings If we are children of God, we are redeemed. Our kinsman redeemer has paid our sin debt in full. So as it is legally applied to us, and as his justice is applied to us, and as his wrath is applied to us, we 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 won't experience that. Because he does not judge sin and then have to judge it again. No, he died once on on Calvary. It is finished is what he said. The great transaction is complete. In the mind of God, we are free in Christ Jesus. We are free to serve him, to honor him, and freely worship him. So then, we are the church, the elect of God, the chosen, the remnant, all these phrases, are no longer debtors to God as far as his justice. As far as his justice. We sing that song in the hymn book. Sing, O sing, of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. Paid the debt. That, that is uh, it's an amazing fact. It's amazing truth. It's an amazing anchor in the gospel of the grace of God. The Lord Jesus Christ has paid our debt. Paid our sin debt. So I asked the question, 
We're talking about debt, debtors. We're talking about indebted to God. So does the believer owe God nothing? Or for, does he owe God not for naught, all that he's done? Are we indebted to him? Yes, we are. We owe, and I'm going to use that term interchangeably, indebted and owing. We, if you're in debt to somebody, if you don't, owe, if you don't own the mortgage on your, your home, the bank does, you're in debt to the bank. But we owe, we don't owe the law. We don't owe anything to the law. It's been satisfied, justified, and fulfilled. But we do, and much, we owe God much in every way to his everlasting love. Now, Spurgeon made this comment. And it just, it just hit me. It struck me. He said, we are debtors, or we owe, to every single one of God's attributes. Every attribute of God we are in debt to. Now that just, I just had to stop. And I told Melinda about that. And then that's when we were looking for Pink's attributes of God. Well... I looked at the attributes of God, and I'm not going to go over, there's 20 or whatever, however many he's got. I'm not going to go over, I'm going to go over a few. In Pink's, A.W. Pink's Attributes of God, for instance, for instance, we owe to God's solitariness. What does that mean? God is in need of nothing. He's independent. He's in need of nothing. When he created, it didn't add anything to him. It didn't take anything to him. No, nothing adds to him. Yet he created man in order to redeem us. We have redemption, even though God is solitary. Second, second thought, God's decrees. What does that mean? That means his eternal purpose, which included our sinful self. Yet he predetermined to voluntarily humiliate his son, on our behalf. I'd say we owe to God's decrees. Thirdly, God's faithfulness. That is, he is faithful to his covenant. We know about his covenant, the covenant of grace. God's faithful to his covenant. Therefore, uh, he's faithful to his own sacrifice, his son. And therefore, those who are mentioned in that said covenant, his people. We, his, his faithful, we owe a debt of gratitude, of thankfulness to his solitariness, his decrees, his faithfulness, just to name a few. Now, what do I mean by indebted? Well, this is what the Oxford Dictionary said. The Oxford Dictionary defines indebtedness or indebted, the feeling of owing gratitude for a favor. Okay, the feeling of owing gratitude, thankful for a favor. Grace, isn't it? Grace isn't the free favor of God. So um, that's what I want to look at. Now I want to look at Romans chapter 8 where you're at and look at one verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 12. And three words. Therefore, brethren, and he's talking to the believers, to believers, we are debtors. Now I know he's saying we're not, we're not, we are debtors, not to the flesh, 
to live after the flesh? For if you live after the flesh, you shall die, but if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So he's speaking about the flesh and the Spirit. But he makes this phrase, therefore, brethren, we are debtors. So we're just going to stop there. We are debtors. We are indebted. We have the feeling, the mental, emotional, the heart, the soul. We have the feeling of gratitude. This is every believer. This is not an option. If you are saved, if you claim to be saved by the free and sovereign grace of God in Christ Jesus through the understanding and receiving of the gospel, the declaration of peace, then you're grateful. Well, turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul, in essence, says the same thing here. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, what? He's speaking to the brethren. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Be thankful. That's what he's saying. Walk in an attitude and a conduct and a deportment of thankfulness, of gratitude. That's what it is to be indebted, indebted to God. So I want us this morning to look together at a few things on how we as God's redeemed children are said to be debtors, or that we are to be owe, we are said to owe to God our Father. Just basically these are some of more of his attributes if we want to look at it that way. We should be thankful and owe to God for his sovereign love. For his sovereign love. Because it's uh, Jeremiah 31, it's an everlasting love. It chose us before we chose him. It's a love greater than Solomon. I'm sorry, it's a, great, it's a, a love that is greater than Jonathan and David. And turn to 2 Samuel chapter 1. This is, I always thought this is so interesting how this is worded. 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 26. David is mourning over Jonathan's death. David says, I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Now look, this is how tender this is. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful. Now apply this to Christ and his love. Now Jonathan is dead, but it was involuntary. Christ voluntarily suffered blood and died for us. We owe, we are debtors to his sovereign love. Yea, thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of woman. How amazing, how beautiful, how wonderful is that? So we are indebted for God's sovereign love. It is an undeserved love for he sought us. We did not seek him. And once he found the lost sheep, he put us on his powerful shoulders and carries us all the way home. When we look back at our life as we're passing and we 
think about all the ups or ups and downs, we can say as another brother that he led and fed all the way. He led and fed. There may have been some lean years, some heartaches. That's life. That's life. We're not exempt from that. But his sovereign hand, we see his providential hand controlling all things for our best. Well, brethren, we are ten times the more debtors to God than we would be otherwise. Oh, what we owe to sovereign love. Secondly, we owe, we are debtors for God's sovereign grace. Now we sing that other hymn. <laughs> I got, got this hymn book up here. Refer to it quite a bit. Come thou fount. In verse 3, oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Indeed, we are indebted to sovereign grace. Grace for each day. Freely bestowed upon unworthy worms such as ourselves. We have, we've seen overruling grace. Many times, we, that which we want to do, we can't do. You know, the, the spirit and the flesh, they're, they're, they're difficult. We, we, our, there are passions. The things of this world get in the way. They, they, uh, they glitter and they shine, and we've got to have this, and we've got to have that. Instead of being content with what we have, we seek and we go after all these things. Thank God for his overruling grace. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We'd be out doing something different. We'd be out doing something different. I've always thought myself, if I wasn't pastor, if I wasn't here, I would, I would not, not darken a church door. I would live the way I wanted to live. Thank God for his overruling grace. Without merit on our part, it was purely, sweetly, and effective grace, which is favor, all to the pardoning of our guilty souls. Oh, what we owe to God and his sovereign grace. Thirdly, we owe to him for his keeping mercies. We'd have wandered, and we do wander, but he brings us back. He keeps bringing us back. That's where the difficulty comes in. When you see other people fall and, and, and walk, or they're not walking, or they're kind of walking away, or you're not sure what's going on. You want to, oh, you want to embrace them. You want to hug them. You want to rebuke them. You want to shake them. Iron sharpening iron. But he has to keep us or we'll walk away. After a a thousand affronts to his name and character, he still puts upon us the best robe of righteousness. He puts on a family ring. He kills the fatted calf. That's the best calf in Luke 15, the prodigal. We see this. And all this plus he kisses us with such compassionate embraces. Much kissing. But but, But I was... That's all right. We bring stuff up. We bring things up. But God, he will not charge us. Why? Because the debt's paid. But we owe, oh, what we owe to God for his uh, his keeping mercy. Fourthly, his preserving pity. Jude chapter 24. Unto him who is able to keep us from falling. Keep us from falling. Keep us from falling. How often, how frequent we fall. What debtors, what amazing preserving wonders are we afforded? He gives us daily means to walk with him, 
New mercies can be seen, can be had with, as we see that the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. We have his means of grace. If, if we will partake of these, if we will avail ourselves to these, to, to come and hear the word preached, either hear it over the phone or be in the presence do we afford to just these are means prayer? We, we pray every every day. You know, this isn't a one man show. I don't want it to be a one man show. It's not a one man show. We fellowship with one another. We gather together. We take partake of His blessed ordinances, the Lord's Supper. We have fellowship meals. I think these are essential. His gospel is preached. We hear it. We listen to it. This place has been given to us. It wasn't. I, we we remember we're meeting in, in homes. We remember we were meeting in a in a, a a rental place. We remember that. I haven't forgot that. This is his means of grace. Partake of it. Read of his word. Study his word. You people, us together. This is the church. This building is nice, but the people are the church. These are all means of grace. You people, we are designated to gather one with another. Psalms 23, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What? I don't fear an evil. Why? Because he's going to preserve me. He's going to preserve me. I've said this many times, but I really, I actually believe it. We are immortal here until our work is done. We sing that hymn. We, we are. Now, I'll be like Maurice. Don't go and sleep under elephants. Don't presume Upon God's grace, but obey His grace. Obey His grace. He will cover us. He will help us. He will protect us. He's promised this. Avail ourselves to these means of grace. Oh, what we owe to God's preserving pity. Fifthly, we owe him for his immutability. It's another attribute. It means he doesn't change. We change daily. We get a little stress. We can't think right. We get somebody, something, somebody dangles something in front of us. We know where to walk. But that looks better. I'm going to try that out. Okay, you go try that out. What about your soul? What about, the, what about gathering together? What about the fellowship of, of the believers? What about singing the hymns? You may not be able to do that. You're going to take yourself? We've got to be careful. He, we change daily. He does not. He does not change, nor can he. Nor can he. How come we are not written off? We, we write, we'll write one another off, but how come he has not written us off when we sin so frequently, when we are so drawn after the things of this world, when our worship is so cold and so lukewarm, when we think we're something, when we're nothing, Galatians 6.3, it must be all owing to his unchanging mercy and grace and love found only in our divine substitute. That can be the only reason. Because it, these unchanging characteristics of our God are only found there in Him, are only found, always found there, only found there in Him. 
in him. As it says, in him we live, move, and have our being. That's why I was reading one of these com, uh, daily devotionals. They, they really emphasize, we'll do this and this if the Lord wills. Do we, we, don't, we, we, we assume that. I'll go do this. I'll go do that. Whether it's a job or record, whatever. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll go to a store to get groceries if the Lord wills. The, the early saints, they, this is something they said. They, I don't think they had, I know we all have sinful nature, but it doesn't seem like they had the distractions we have. I may be wrong. Why we are so deep in debt to every personal perfection of God. To him we owe ourselves, our life, our all. We, we do. <laughs> you just, uh, it's amazing. He gives us breath, you know, food. It, you know, one writer, I don't remember who it was, I read, he said, why is food so flavorful? Why is so, food so good? Oh, it's how, no, because he makes it so. Everything we have, we have. So then, our reasonable service to him who loves us and washed us clean every whit is to be in gratitude, is to be indebted to him. Oh, what we owe to God's immutability. So I'm going to close. I'm going to read another hymn. I had known this hymn for a long time. I found it. I found it online by Mr. Murray McShane, 1837. The last line of each stanza is what I'm interested in. When this passing world is done... When has sunk yon glaring sun, when we stand with Christ on high, looking over life's history, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. When I hear the wicked call on the rocks and hills to fall, when I see them start and shrink on fiery deluge brink, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. We could have been crying just like them. When I stand before the throne, dressed in beauty, not my own. When I see thee as thou art, love thee with unsinning heart. Then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. When the praise of heaven I hear, loud as thunders to the ear, loud as many waters noise, sweet as harps melodious voice. Then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. Chosen, not for good in me. Wakened up from wrath to flee. Hidden in the Savior's side. By the Spirit sanctified, teach me, Lord, on earth to show. By my love, how much I owe. Can we not do that? We should as believers. Let us communicate. Let us let us hold this place like it's the last place on earth. Let's be here if we can. If we can't, I understand some things. It's just the way it is that life happens. But I do know opportunities make greater temptations. You can just say, nope, I'm not going to do that. Why? I've got people to meet.
I've got brethren to sing praises with. I've got a God to worship. And this is where I'm going to be. This is where I want to be. Thank God if we do want to be there. You know how we pray that the Lord would bring other sinners by. This, this leper colony. Bring us more lepers. <laughs> bring us more lepers. And it, but if not, like Martin Luther said, here and I stand. By the grace of God, I can do no other. Nathan, would you close this, please?